0: live from the 937 the ticket studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman on 937 the ticket and theticketfm.com. ticketfm.com sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging.
1: Welcome back to another Inside the Huddle with Jay Foreman, myself and Harrison. Pleased to be with here with you on another early Sunday morning. But uh, look, when you have a lot of recruiting news and Husker football right around the corner, uh, you make sacrifices and uh, definitely be here early and often. Uh, Inside the Huddles brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, located at 7601 uh, Pioneers Boulevard. It offers treatments for all types of pain. So if you want to get back to experiencing little as little pain as possible, give them a call at 402. 402- 484-6677. They are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I will be um, promoting them on my Twitter uh, as well. Harrison, good morning. Morning, man. How you doing? Not too bad. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah the old I know. Wake
0: up call. It takes a couple of weeks, but uh, now I'm kind of getting used to it. Full swing now.
1: Ex- exactly, because once you start um, getting up early and then... The, like a weekend that you don't have it then you'd be like man you yeah know, then, then, you, you're then you're waking up at 6 a.m Yeah, not knowing what to do yeah <laughs> exactly just sitting there staring at the walls but uh we're here and um it's not too not too bad getting up And it's a beautiful morning and uh one other thing that's been uh pretty pleasing i guess harrison um you know we mentioned us getting up early mm-hmm. seems like every week that we come in here nebraska's had some new commitments Yeah, right and so uh you know it's kind of a you know weird not a weird week but uh Obviously, you know, last week, um, you know, Carter Nelson uh, just got – just committed. Mm-hmm. You know, what actually didn't just commit it was this week. Cause, yep. You know. I, Down in Ainsworth. Yeah, yeah, little little birdie was telling me that he was going to do it. But, you know, you you want to make sure to it's fully commitment. Um, and then you had a little bit of the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a, a Nebraska recruit, I think, from Omaha Central that committed to Illinois. And then it seems like out of nowhere, right, you know, as soon as the you know Nebraska recruiting – it, it always seems like, you know, Nebraska recruiting was doing well. But mm-hmm. then everybody started complaining. It's either the first complaint was, all right, too, too many kids from Texas. Well, then we get two kids from Bellevue West, and then obviously, you know, Carter Nelson, who's the number one player. Um, so then that subsided because it's kind of like even Steven. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, right now, come one, come all. It doesn't matter where you're from. And then, um, you know, we got to remedy that. Then it was like, okay, well, we're not getting enough – D lineman. Mm-hmm. Well, Ter- or Terrence Knighton got his wish. Got uh, Carlin Jones out of Bay City, Texas, uh, and that's the fruits of your labor. So if you guys have listened to Old School, um, and me and DP, you know, prognosticated, you know, who how many commitments they'd have after a big weekend and after that big camp that they had in Texas. Um, DP kind of was alluding that it should be right away, but I was like, man, it takes a little while. You know, you gotta you gotta go down there and really see. You know, who, you know, the players, do they match up to what they're probably the coaches that they know? Mm-hmm. You know, are they for real? Get to know them, probably get them up on campus, I'm assuming, and then uh, see where they stand. And so then you, that's where you see where you get Carlin Jones, a big kid out of um, Bay City, Texas, kind of a defensive end, defensive tackle, um, multiple position guy, mm-hmm. you know, has some good size, comes from a good school. Um, and so it brings some. You know playmaking ability to that defensive line room, and so you know one thing I will say about um, Matt Rule and those guys is that they've attacked the offensive line. Um, You know, you know, just you know they had a big man out of Colorado that has the right mentality. I think they're starting to get guys, at least on the offensive line, I can say, that have a little bit more of a nasty attitude. Yeah. And they like to finish. And, Jake you know, Peters is you know,
0: one of those guys that excites me just for right. that reason. Undersized, but he's here because the film shows like he's he's finishing on safeties out there every play.
1: Right. And so like, okay, we'll talk about uh, Jake Peters. Whereas like a lot of schools kind of were like hesitant to offer him mm-hmm. because he wasn't six five, six four, he's probably six two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but his motor and his mentality is what you want. And I'm assuming again, having asked and in, in you know, they're, they're the coaches that are highly paid for it. I think assuming that he would be a guy that you could not plug and play, but a guy that you think that would eventually, you know, work himself into playing center. Reason why is the athletic ability, like you said, to get down, to get all the way to the safety position. Mm-hmm. You know, not com- you know not uh, comparing him to somebody that's already in the NFL getting paid, but that's what, you know, pretty much helped get t- Cam Juergens ba- paid. Yeah. And get noticed. And so when you're out there and trying to run some, you know, some toss plays and trying to have different blocking schemes, you know, for the same play. Uh, when you have a center that can – well, has athletic ability, but then he has the ability to snap it and and pull and then also block in space, that allows you – that gives you like six more plays in your playbook. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not just run plays. It's pass plays too because um, if you watch Jason Kelsey, um, who's – you know, going to go in the hall of fame, I assume, you know, or, ha- you know, have a chance to go, uh, when you watch him, even in pass protection. So he's able to snap the ball and he's so quick that he's able to actually pick up a blitzer from an outside blitzer. So you could slide the line and, and so you can create a little bit of confusion with some, some, you know, high level athletes. And, and, uh, so, you know, Nebraska's done a really good job of attacking a weak spot. That's been pretty weak for Nebraska for quite some time. I yeah. mean, and, and, And whether people want to blame the last coaching staff, you want to blame talent, you know, I think it's usually a little bit of of both. But also, um, you know, the predecessor, predecessor, I think, like with Mike Riley and those guys did a decent job. I think Nebraska's offensive line under Frost probably had more Mike Riley players than his, and that's because they were older. Mm -hmm. Now, let's be honest. Let's not sit up here and act like he just took a bunch of freshmen. You know, you had Farmer and those guys that knew how to play – or had played a new scheme and then that's when you saw him roll. That's when you see Divine Exebo and uh Stanley Morgan and obviously Adrian, you know, getting off, and that's when the offense at you know for the last like what six seven games was pretty good, mm-hmm. but still didn't win any games. So at the end of the day, I think Matt Rule and in the in the and in, in, in group are are really trying to you know attack the offense line and where they're at, you know, to be honest with you, you know, a lot of these kids are really good. You know kids coming out of high school but again i always try to give this warning and not trying to be debbie downer of the class even like this big 39 that they he brought in and you know where those transfer portal guys and, mm-hmm. and obviously guys that he was able to fill the roster not all of them are going to make it not all of them are going to stay some kids are going to be like man competition maybe is too tough for me and i need to go to another school or they might not want to wait to play And in reality they might not have developed fast enough or you have guys on your present roster that you expected to step up that don't. And then some of these young guys take their spots. Now coming with this 20, 2024, not all of them are going to be um, successful not in the way that uh, recruiting is now. Not all of them will last off four or five years. And obviously, you know, the big commitment, you know, for them is obviously Carter Nelson, but I also want to, you know, say, Hey, look, he has a, he's, he's the most talented tight, tight end in the, in the room now, he's probably the smallest, you know, as far as like <laughs> he look. He, I mean, he's a you know he needs to get in the weight room. Yeah, but also I'd say you know you don't need to hold him back based on something that you already knew. You knew regardless that he's going to need a year or two in the weight room. Well, that's not gonna that doesn't mean that he can't get open and be a you know position flexible guy. Whereas you're not going to put him on the in line as an 18 year old kid trying to block a senior from Michigan. Right. That's not no I mean, you don't even might not even have seniors that can do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you're gonna have a kid from Ainsworth that's never really blocked. Yeah. Because he's coming from eight man and then that's what you're gonna use against him. So I think the best thing is to focus on what he does in a positive manner and allow that to get him on the field early, and then obviously special team is gonna be a big huge deal. But um again, all those guys and all those kids, um, might not end up being i mean there's like I, you know, even back in you know 94 when i came in there was a there was a guy that was on scholarship he was gone like within like two weeks just because he's the talent around him was no, that, he just kind of like foot, this type of football was not for him <laughs> literally i see it i could especially
0: in those we get to that 94 95 era yeah i can see it was some hard guys man i
1: mean it was i mean you question do I really you – know, am I really good enough? Mm-hmm. That's number one. I mean, that's the most anxiety that you'll have. And 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 it, regardless of – if Carter Nelson came in, I mean, Grant Wistrom was the number one, I think, player in the nation. If not, I know he was the number one defensive player in the nation mm-hmm. when he came in. He was a USA Today and everything. He was all everything. And I'm sure – I was roommates with Grant. And I know that he – you know, everybody has – look, you go and you play four years in high school or you're in high school for four years. So you work your way up your whole adolescent life. This is because when you're going to the high school games, this is what you want to do. This is Mm -hmm. what you want to play. So that is like a, and that's a huge step, right? To be able to be successful in high school football. Then you're a huge step enough to play college football. Well, at that point in time, you're going, Nebraska was Georgia and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state and Michigan or whoever it is. So, you you do wonder, am I really good enough? Yeah. Because you see some guys that you've seen on national TV that just got hosed against Florida State, and where do you compare? Mm-hmm. Let alone the un- unknown of who else is here. Because it's not just one year. You know, Nebraska at that point in time was not just one and done. They have been good for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Longer than that. And so – you do you know there is anxiety for these young young men when they get here. the ones that are even here now or you know that was two thousand twenty three and mm-hmm. kick off. They still have anxiety, they still will have anxiety because even if they got here for summer workouts, they didn't get to go through spring. But here comes two days. This is a new coaching staff, so even if they visited here two years ago, they probably were more familiar with who was on the team. Now yeah. you don't know there's thirty nine new faces. There's guys that you you thought that would be around that could have been around that are gone. There's 39 new faces you don't know how good they are and so um I always you know try to warn people to pump the brakes on thinking that we have it all solved but I think Matt Rule and those guys are smart enough and and have had enough uh experience that they know look you got to you, you got to go out and have a plan and recruit the best guys you can. And they know whether, you know, they're going to recruit, and they're going to recruit, coach, develop everybody as much as they can and, and as possible, And they, but they do know there are kids that just you could do everything for them, you could have that checklist, and then they still want to go somewhere else because maybe it's not instant gratification, and that's just the difference in the maybe in the kids and the situation, yeah. right? And so another thing, you know, Harrison, people always talk about the transfer portal, and it is hard, um, but I think if you have a realistic view of it, and use it the right way, it could be, you know, kinda you you like the Nebraska to get there where we're choosing, not being chosen. And what that means is Alabama and Georgia. I don't even know know if Georgia's even winning the train. you never hear anybody saying I'm transferring Georgia to Georgia and <laughs> Georgia. I think they're just they're always the guy, they got their guys. Yeah, and they, they got their picks. They don't yeah. need to
0: lean on it as hard like Michigan State did the one year. Right.
1: You like to be like Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. They went into the transfer portal two thousand twenty two and got Gibbs specifically a player for a role, boom, they went in this year, got the quarterback from mm-hmm. Notre Dame because the, the offensive coordinator in there came down because Bill O'Brien went to uh, back to um, Rico's Patriots. You want to be the chooser. You can kind of say yes or no. And you, when you know that you're – if I'm looking for Harrison, you know when that phone rings and you got Nick Saban on the other line. Mm-hmm it's all business and you know nine times out of ten when you get down there to Tuscaloosa you're not going to say no because you see what could happen on the outcome versus we're no, you know i'm sure matt rule and those guys are you know more choosy but versus if you're going there and trying to solve multiple problems and you're kind of just throwing money and attention at it mm-hmm. that's different because then there the one that screams of desperation but then 2 it also lets you know you have a lot of problems that you aren't willing to solve or can't solve on your roster. Now, if you are on the so-called hot seat, you do have to go into the transfer portal and try to make a quick fix, a la Kansas State when I was when I was in college and they signed like all JUCO kids. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a first kind of glimpse into somewhat of a transfer portal. But it was a he, you know, uh, Bill Snyder recruited a bunch of JUCO kids. To turn a program around. Yeah, well, a that's how Fred Hoyberg did it at Iowa State. Right. Yeah. He was and, kind of pioneering
0: that. Let's right. get these Juco kids and he flipped that program around.
1: Right. And it, it was a quick fix, right? Yep. and But then you then you got to be able to mix in some younger kids because mm-hmm. you always have to develop. And that's what Bill Snyder did a really good job of. He did it for a couple of mm-hmm. years, but he still recruited enough guys that they, he knew that, you know, they needed some time. And then he kind of was like, you know, pretty good stalwart. And so sometimes when you're on the hot seat, which obviously Matt Rule isn't, um, that you have to go in there and and try to hit yeah. to give yourself another year. I think you get there if the timing's bad and the development hasn't came to fruition. And I think the last staff is is a little bit of unique because of COVID. It just yeah. hurt them. It just with you know I wouldn't say that was like a death sentence, but it definitely. I think when and I keep saying this, when I think when Frost was hired, I always say his runway was unlimited. Yeah, it was a seven-year contract, but it pretty much was a 70-year 70, 70 contract.
0: I think teams that didn't have their foundation set yet, like at Georgia and Alabama, they could go through that COVID era. Oh, like yeah. The teams, because like we saw the same thing with Fred Hoiberg. I mean, you could go yeah. across the sport. like That COVID year, the roster, was it just wasn't there. Right. It was really hard to do, and then that's why it's so important to get that development, get those high school kids in there, and that's how you can kind of work through it. But if the foundation wasn't there and you don't have those high school kids, yeah, you get that Scott Frost, that Fred Hoiberg era that you just kind of want to forget about.
1: Yeah, it, well, I mean, it, it just – you're playing – you're going into a fight. The equation is against Mike Tyson on one hand behind your back. Yeah. You ain't got a chance in hell to win. And it hurts, a, a pro, it hurts Nebraska's programs, but a specific, uh, specifically the football program. Like I said, when Scott was hired, the runway was unlimited. It really was unlimited. Mm-hmm. He had a chance to coach here forever. He really did. Yeah. And and he had a chance to be at Nebraska and really call every single shot. He would have been at the point where he, even if you had an AD, he would have been like, he got to pick that, you know, if you win. Mm -hmm. He pretty much was running. I mean, he really was running the show because he was, you know, they obviously went and had Hank Bounds involved in the new project and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, and he wasn't no longer employed here and stuff and so forth and so on. But the runway was long, so then, therefore, you should play the long game. You're, you brought them in and developed the roster. So, we went extremely young. I mentioned this before on another Inside the Huddle. And then, boom, COVID hit. So, even teams like Minnesota, Purdue, um, obviously Wisconsin, um, and, and Ohio State and, and Michigan and those guys in another – Penn State. And those guys, they're in a whole different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So you got to think. let just look at Minnesota. P.J. Fleck, even though they had COVID regulations way worse or more more um, strict in Minnesota versus here, statewide, they were able to come together and beat Nebraska with absolutely no practice because of the foundation and the winning that they had done two years prior, mm-hmm. and they had more veteran players. They had one of the best running backs, you know, in in the Big Ten. And one of the quarterbacks that's been there forever because he had hair when he came in as a freshman (laughs) and was completely bald by the time he left. Yeah. And you had an NFL receiver, eventually NFL tight end, numerous offensive linemen getting picked, and then you had defensive line, and then they hit on a couple of their transfer portal guys. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you know, all they they, wouldn't say all they needed, but they had a plan, and they were able to do what they always had done, and that's run the ball and get better on defense. And so – I think, you know, when you're thinking about this in the transfer portal and in recruiting, you know, fans and stuff, just be a little bit, you know, I want to say cautious but realistic that, hey, look, we're getting all this talent. Let's let them develop. Let's not think we need to take a kid from Ainsworth. Now, if he's ready, I'm all for it. Take him from Ainsworth. And then next thing you know, he's, you know, Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey year one. And then if he doesn't show out in year one, oh, that's a waste of scholarship. Let's throw them back in the portal and try to get somebody else. That's not the mentality you need. I think you're able to, especially in the tight end room, stack some talent, um, and you know let them develop on a on a a pretty, I think, a rapid pace, but not too, I wouldn't say, warp speed pace. Because you know playing in the Big Ten is a lot different than playing anywhere else. And so you know I think it's uh you know a good week for Nebraska. You know I think one of the things we'll talk about in the next segment um, before we end this one is uh your thoughts on um, some of the tight ends or one of the tight end tight ends in the room talking about he's a super alpha. And do you know, have you ever met anybody that's a super alpha? And have you ever, this is what I want you to think about. Okay. And if you have, do they tell you you're, you're, you're super alpha? That's there's a difference. And okay. I do think there's a difference. Um, so, you know, I think that's, you know, some of the things we need – I mean, I think it's more tongue-in-cheek. And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, I guess like, there's – I don't know where all these uh, quotes came from because then I guess they asked Matt Rule about Colorado. And it's like uh, Matt Rule said, you know, something about Deion Sanders' luggage and stuff like that. So we'll talk about that. And and is, and is that something that could be, you know, bulletin board material? I think Deion obviously has some health issues and stuff like that that he needs to worry about. And, you know, always somebody asked me about it. And I said, well, the biggest thing is, is this. That's cool to talk about Colorado, but we play
0: Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs>
1: no, it, it, uh, August thirty first. Yep, that's the game. Mm-hmm. That we've seen at, what
0: happens when we walk in there at I'm seven prepared. at
1: seven p.m. You're going to be looking across a team that if you watch their spring game, it was. I mean, they had their spring game, and I mean, I'm sure it was cold outside. Mm-hmm. Their spring game might have had sixty people there. It might have been just, you know, a bunch of alumni that might have wanted to bring, like, you know, Uncle Bob and all them in there. <laughs> I mean, you've seen dudes in Minnesota forever. You're like, I, I'm. It looked like they had, like, you know, their own drinks in their, like, in, in their you know Yetis. Yeah. I saw a guy with a flannel, you know, hat and, and some boots. Looked like he just came off the farm. <laughs> you know, so I don't know if his, you know, relative was playing. They, they was in their indoor facility. Yep. And there couldn't have been. Okay, staff, Take the staff out of it. You know, like the people yeah. that you need, trainers and all that. There couldn't have been a hundred people there. There's no way, unless they have like seating up that uh, we didn't see.
0: Yeah, I don't think they do. I the, saw. I know the vis you're talking about. I don't at think...
1: the most a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Yeah. At the I'm 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 overestimating okay, because yeah. I'm saying maybe they have, you know, if you have an indoor facility, they might have a track and some you know seating up there. And look, they have to film you know mm-hmm. top down. So I'm assuming that there's for them to have a spring game indoors there had to be you know some more people there but there wasn't but I'm guesstimating the most was a thousand and they went at it mm-hmm. f- from a physical standpoint like they were playing at the Rose Bowl and there was no there was no fancy plays there was no music or there what they did have music I'm not trying to say like T- or PJ Fleck had them in there and it was like prison football you know so it, you know wasn't like the longest mile yeah, and stuff yeah. you know like uh, you know one but they it was extremely competitive it was extremely physical and it just seemed like rinse and repeat mm-hmm. minnesota have four running backs they it's like it's like the minnesota goes and gets guys and it's like they just all look the same yeah they have that same it, same, same simple package same, but try and stop right. it but the running backs though yeah None of them are, you know, seem like they're over six feet tall. About five ten to six feet tall, mm-hmm. two fifteen to two twenty five. Short area quickness. They must run inside outside zone a thousand times <laughs> at practice, literally. Yeah, these dudes might run inside outside zone at sixty. You know, when they get back together, they just line up and they run. They're running wedge blocking, and so. You know that's the game that we need to worry about and be focused on. That's what you're training for. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, that I mean, week
0: zero too. You got to get up. Like you, you, you can't be wasting time on a week zero.
1: No, and I, I like that though. Yeah. You know, I like to play. I mean, you know, the one thing about this, and, and we'll talk a little about this is in, in the second segment because we got we're up against the clock. Is like, you, I want your opinion. And, and too, is it like, I, I never realized like when we played. We're not granted we were obviously one of the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, you know, one if not, the, well, we were the best. I mean, but I just, regardless if I was at Nebraska or somewhere else, I would have just never, i never thought about, if I looked at the schedule and we only had 12 games, I wanted 14. If we had 14, I wanted 16. I, now, granted, that's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure by if we play 16 regular season games, when I did it in the NFL, like you get a little worn off, but not really because the coaches took care of us. And we and you know we were just on the front end of treatment and taking care of your body. You know nobody you know really know the benefits of getting in the cold tub and, and massages and all that. I did, when I first started you know coming back to Nebraska after I retired, say like two thousand ten or eleven. I was so surprised that the players and a little bit of the media, but more of the players, because the media gets it from the players. They worried about what time they played, what time of year they played, and who they played. I'm like, you're here to play football. This should be something that you love. Like, you should be wanting to play 12 Minnesotas. Mm-hmm. You should be wanting to play 12 Michigans. You should be wanting to see where you're at. You know, you should be able to want it to compete and then, you know, get better as you go. Cause I think the better competition you play, yeah, if you start out losing, you're, if you really compete, you're going to find a way to win and find a way to kind of, you know, lessen that gap. And so, um, yeah, you know, like you said, week zero. Yeah, you better start thinking about it. It is it is on like neck bones. So um, that's a good first segment. Second segment, we're going to jump into a little bit of who's an alpha, who's not an alpha, and what do you think about game times and uh, how Nebraska prepares moving forward. This is Jay Foreman and Harrison on Inside the Huddle.